Oh, today I'm going to go watch film with Deshaun. On this episode of Against the Grain, we'll talk to the man behind Deshaun Watson and why you can never count out the New England Patriots. Let's do this. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to the Against the Grain. I'm Andrew Perloff, your host. I'm sitting here with producer extraordinaire Mario Miranda. Now, who's uh, probably miserable because my Bengals beat his Jets. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just talking. I was just on, you know, last week. Jets, I was all in. What yeah. happened? Yeah, we talked to Manish Mehta from the Daily News, <laughs> and I said to him, are the Jets have any chance at a miracle playoff run? He said, no way. Uh, it turns out he was right. My guy, Andy Dalton, with a big win. He kind of got robbed of two touchdowns. He had one touchdown on the day. should have been three touchdowns. I'm not going to complain because it was a win. Now you see this, people are asking him, do you want to stay in Cincinnati? And he's like, yeah, I'd come back to Cincinnati, which makes me think maybe Andy Dalton is the right solution there. They have the number one pick, take Ohio State defensive end Chase Young, fix a terrible defense, and why not go with Andy Dalton? Why not, Mario? You got nothing for me here. No. Because it, otherwise, it'll take Joe Burrow, who's pretty good out of LSU, who's actually pretty unbelievable, at least in college. But I'm not excited about having Joe Burrow on that team. That doesn't make any sense. Are you still a Bengals fan if Andy Dalton's not there next year? Well, I am because my Philadelphia Eagles found a way to lose to the Miami Dolphins. I watched a lot of that game, and that was bad. When you have a kicker catching a touchdown. Up 28-14 in the third quarter. I'm looking at the math. The Eagles would have gone to 6-6, six and six, tied with the Cowboys, and probably would have had the edge, although they lose to the tiebreaker. And I don't know if they can beat the Cowboys in the link, by the way, because the Eagles are terrible right now. Everyone's talking yeah. about the New England Patriots, and we'll get to them in a second. When it comes to slow receivers, the Eagles have no weapons. Jay Ajahi, the ghost of Jay Ajahi, had a couple runs, was terrible. Miles Sanders looks good. But the defense was played great. Jim Schwartz's defense was so good. And then Devontae Parker. Completely fell apart. Devontae Parker hasn't caught a thing in his NFL career. And all of a sudden, he looks like Calvin Johnson. That was ridiculous. I Jaylen was screaming Mills. at my TV. Jalen Mills looked like uh, somebody. He looked like a high schooler out he there. He was a midget. What do you expect from him? I, I kept saying, all they did was throw like, basically, they were passes that were as high as punts yeah. that were being caught by Devontae Parker. And that's ridiculous because this should be a playoff team. Then Deshaun Jackson gets healthy in the playoffs. Carson Wentz finds his rhythm. Then they went on a, would go on a miracle run. Now they're not going to make the playoffs, which makes me very miserable. It's interesting. They have the Redskins, the Cowboys, and two Giants games. The Giants are terrible. So they might end up 9-7 and seven anyway, which will maybe get them in, depending on what the Cowboys do. But this is very, very ugly down there. Cowboys didn't look any better, though. I yeah. mean, if that can lift your spirits at all. Well, forget it, because I'm back on the Bengals bandwagon. I'm 1-11. I like where we're <laughs> headed. Uh, but the team that everyone is really panicking about, not not the Eagles. I think the Eagles, everyone's like, oh, that was a terrible loss. But the expectations have been lowered. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the Bengals. I've been told that on Twitter many times, including a good friend of mine who said, you're ruining your career by tweeting about the Bengals. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. The New England Patriots. So they lose to the Texans. And, of course, everybody is burying the Patriots. How many times are we going to do this, Mario? How many times is the media going to bury Tom Brady and bury the Patriots and then watch them come back, find a way to win playoff games, and go to the Super Bowl? Has it ever looked this bad, though? Yes. 
They got destroyed by the Titans at this point last year, and everybody was writing them off. But they don't. They had no receivers at all last year. They always have someone like you always they had have Gronk. Like, Gronk, like I mean, that was the big Collinsworth w- wouldn't stop talking about Gronk yesterday. Like yeah. you know, you can always fall back on uh, Gronk. They, they have Gronk no one so badly in the red zone. You know, Mohamed Sanu is I don't I mean non-existent. Don't don't tell me about it. I'm the one who's been saying their <laughs> weapons are bad. I mean, if it's Edelman, James White, or Bust. And last night, Brady cursing on the sideline. He's so frustrated every time he throws to like a Jacoby Myers. Obviously, to kill Harry's not quite ready. He looks promising, but not quite ready. But I don't care. I'm not counting them out. In fact, if they get home field, then they're going to the Super Bowl. That's a huge if. They have to beat the Chiefs. But come on. Do you tell me the Chiefs are definitely going into Foxborough and winning that game? Chiefs looked good yesterday. Yeah, I know they looked good. I mean, good. I know it was Oakland. But Oakland go to Foxborough. Here are some stats. I'm going to hit you with some stats. All right, let's hear it. Patriots at home, 5-0. and On the road, 5-2. and We know they lost to the Texans last night, and they lost to the Ravens. Points per game, actually pretty even. 27 at home, 26 on the road. But you have to understand, they played terrible road teams. Here's the key stat. Tom Brady at home has a 95 passer rating on the season. On the road, he's at 83.6. He's really struggled away from home. The whole team has struggled away from home when they play good teams. I, I think the Patriots are going to win these home games I'm going to be right there, and I'm not sure the Ravens are going to run through the rest of their schedule. So there's a really, really good chance the Patriots get a game up and get home field. And even if they don't, when teams play each other twice, Mario, in the same season, funny things happen. The Ravens might come down to earth in that second game against the Patriots. I think that'll be a real grind-em-out, ugly game. That's how yesterday's game seemed with uh, the Ravens and the uh, 49ers. Yeah. It was like a grinded out 17-20, right? Yeah, 20, of course the Ravens can win that way. Absolutely no doubt. But it could get tricky with the Patriots. you tell me last year that the Patriots were better than the Chiefs? No, not no, not last year. But and who won the Super Bowl? Patriots. you telling me that that year that they beat the Falcons, they were the best team in football? No. Even are you telling me the year that they lost to the Eagles and almost beat, you know, it was 41-33 and pretty close that they were the best team? I don't know. And yeah, I know they don't have any weapons, but they've ne- you know, they don't have any weapons. I don't know why they got away from the run last night. Yeah. I mean, at some point they're going to have to fall though, right? At some point. I mean, we've been we've seen it so many years, year after year after year after year. At some point this is going to have to end. Maybe Let, this is the year. Let's just play it out a little bit. Let's just See what happens here. Patriots schedule. Chiefs in New England. Who do you got? Right now, day after uh, Sunday Night Football, I'll take the Chiefs. Okay. Let's say the Patriots find a way to win as 2.5 favorites at home. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the Bengals. They should win that game. Mm-hmm. Eh, we'll see if the Red Rifle can give them a hard time. Then they host uh, the Bills in a really big game. Now, since it's in Foxborough and it's a big game, I got to give the Patriots a strong edge there. Yeah. The Bills look great, but on the road. And then they host the Dolphins, who are playing for nothing except draft position last week. They could go 4-0 in that run. I mean, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs. If they lose one, to the Chiefs, no. But if they lose either to the Bengals, Bills, or Dolphins, then do you panic? No. No? I panic when they lose in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. The Ravens, meanwhile, they go to the Bills. Kind of a tricky spot. They host the Jets. They should kill them. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the Browns. That will be a tricky spot. The Browns obviously beat them pretty handily earlier in the season, and it's a division game. Then they end with the Steelers. Again, a little tricky, but it's, at least it's in Baltimore. Steelers' defense look good, too. So Yeah, I, 
Honestly, on paper, of course, the Ravens are better than mm-hmm. those teams. But funny things happen to visual. So if the Patriots can get a one-game edge, if the Patriots beat the Chiefs, everyone's going to jump back on. That's all I'm saying, and you know it. I, don't I know, know they, they have not protected Tom. Tom has no one to throw to. I don't know why they don't just run the ball every play. Their defense looks great. Yep. Even last night against the Texans, I thought they looked great. Uh, I also thought Sean Watson, that dude is a baller. He's really good. He's Thanks. really, really good. And if you put and Will Fuller on the field and you have Hopkins all that space. and Fuller, oh, I am so in on this team. Uh, I, I think the MVP is done. It's Lamar Jackson one, Russell Wilson two. But I like to see Deshaun sort of flirting with that three four spot. Are they? Do they? Do you think they struggle uh, with that mobile quarterback? I, I mean, because he still did a lot of work against them yesterday. Yeah, but he didn't run at all. He had one. He had a couple running. He had a running touchdown and coming going to the right. Or yeah. Was it a, no, that was considered. I think they considered that a, a catch. forward pass. Yeah, I think they considered that a catch, which was really confusing. I don't. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, I don't think he... Let's see where he... I'm pulling up Deshaun Watson game log. Van for a little bit. How was your holiday, by the way? It was really good. Uh, it was great. I spent it in Philly. Oh, you were in Philly? Oh, my gosh. You're more Philly than me. Yeah. Uh, so, last night, he ran for minus one yard on four attempts. I remember the one first down he To got. the right. Yeah. Yeah. So, they considered that, a, I think, a catch. That's weird. Uh, so, anyway, but I think Deshaun Watson's amazing. I still think the Texans are a little bit incomplete as a team. They didn't run the ball well. Uh, they haven't run consistently. And you just look at that defense and say, wow, what if J.J. Watt was here? What if Jadavion Clowney was here? Uh, they look great against the Patriots, but you think if they get into a you know a game against the Chiefs or the Ravens, they're going to come up short. And obviously the Ravens, I think, are a better team than Texans. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens' defense right now is playing really well. But the Texans, what I saw different from them for the first time, their secondary looked decent. I don't know if that... It was just the Patriots. Yeah, they were glued to those scrubby Patriots yeah, receivers. I don't know if, that, if that's the case, but... You know, the uh, the Texans, you forget, because I think a lot of people turn this game off, they lost 41-7 at Baltimore. That's the thing. The Texans will just yeah. not show up. That's a reflection. I'm not the world's biggest Bill O'Brien fan. It seems to be good enough to get a team uh, to 11-5 or 10-6 and six and win the division. Uh, interesting to see if they can keep the, those uh, feisty Titans off off their back. The Titans have been nine and seven, by the way, the last three seasons. They're seven and five right now. They have two games against the Texans. Ryan Tannehill. Who would have thought? They're gonna be nine and seven again. Four years in a row in nine and seven. That's called limbo, dude. Is that a good thing? No. You're not getting anywhere. You're not getting any picks and you're not uh making it very far in the playoffs. So as I said, I don't think Deshaun Watson really breaks the top two in the MVP race. Mm-mm. I think Rogers is gonna have some big games and be third or fourth. Michael Thomas of the Saints is certainly in there, Christian McCaffrey. But I am very impressed. I uh, feel like he sort of has a mastery of the game. That's why I wanted to talk to our buddy Quincy Avery, who's been on the podcast before. Yep. He's a quarterback coach. He's based in Atlanta. He's working with a lot of young guys. I feel like he has something interesting to say about uh, every quarterback that he sees. But I, I want to start talking about last night's performance against the Patriots with him. Here is quarterback coach Quincy Avery. All right, Quincy, what did you see that was good from Deshaun Watson last night against the Patriots? And is there anything that he wished he could do better last night, even though they won convincingly? Um, what I saw him do yesterday was really impressive. Was he was really, really prepared. Um, you could see like he made the right checks, uh, like the touchdown throw to Will Fuller. You could see him make the check there. 
Um, they he ended up dropping it, but came back and made another play. But mentally, he was as prepared and as sharp as as I've seen him this season, and he was able to really go through his his reads well throughout the game. So he, he never looked um, like off rhythm. So that that's the most impressive thing. That's Deshaun at his peak when he's able to go through his reads, uh, play on rhythm, and then when it's time to make an explosive play break a sack, um, and create a play downfield, he does that as well. Um, so that's really peaked Deshaun Watson to me. They mentioned during the broadcast that all three touchdown passes were when he was moving his feet. What, As a QB coach, do you teach sort of those off-schedule plays in a way to – how do you keep your balance when you're moving that feet? A lot of quarterbacks run into big trouble there, but Deshaun doesn't seem to have that problem. Is that is that coaching or is that natural? It's a little bit of both. Deshaun had that that ability, of course, naturally, like even at a young age. But he's always working on that throughout the off season. Um, even when he's moving his base and his balance is still really, really good. So what he does a great job of is disassociating his top half from his lower half. So being able to get his left front shoulder on his target, even if he's like moving to his left or or off schedule. Um, he does a great job with being able to control from the waist up, being in a great position to throw. And then his base just stays consistent. What other quarterbacks are good at that? I think Pat Mahomes is excellent at that. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, those are guys who I'm just thinking of offhand who, who do a great job of not only manipulating the pocket, but being able to stay um, in a great passing position as they're doing it. And Aaron Rodgers does something unique. It really seems like almost all of Aaron Rodgers' throws are a bit off-platform because he comes off both feet every throw. So he doesn't really need his feet in the ground the same way um, as many other quarterbacks. Wait, you're saying he sort of jumps a little bit? Yeah, yeah. If you watch Aaron Rodgers, um, both of his feet will come off the ground. It's really, really unique. Um, And I bet if you asked Aaron Rodgers to try and train somebody to throw, he'd have a a very difficult time training them to throw like he does. Okay, so... Deshaun Watson obviously had a great night. Uh, Tom Brady really seems to be struggling, throwing the ball away a lot. I don't know if it's the receivers or the line. When you're watching that game, obviously I don't want you to say anything mean about the GOAT, but is anything wrong with Brady's mechanics or is everything around him right now? I would definitely not say anything. Is There's nothing with his mechanics that I see. Um, he's, he's pretty consistent mechanically to where he was throughout his career or in terms of later half of his career. Um, he might not have as much energy on the ball, but it just seems like him and his receivers are not on the same page. So he's he's playing the game of quarterback, and he doesn't have a bunch of trust in the guys who are out there running routes for him, and that is as difficult um, as anything for a quarterback like him who plays with anticipation. Um, he's trying to throw guys open and throw things early because he doesn't have the same arm strength um, as maybe if he did early in his career. And if he doesn't have that trust that his receivers are going to be where they're supposed to do, be, um, breaking at the right yards, the right depth, it's going to be very, very hard for him to be successful for the, the remainder of this season. I was talking earlier in the podcast, so it's, it seems really dangerous to count the Patriots out at any given time. You know, that, that was on the road. Houston seemed, from what I saw on TV, amped up. Uh, do you think that it could be a different story, say those teams face each other in January? I think any time you're playing the Patriots, it's like you really got to bring your packed lunch because um, they're really well coached. They're going to fix their mistakes. They're not going to 
you go eight more or six more weeks, however much longer they have until they have to face off again and make those same mistakes again. They're going to get on the same page. The receivers are going to get up to par. Um, and they're going to find some different ways to try and throw Deshaun off. They're probably not going to play as much man-to-man coverage next time. He's not going to see as much cover zero. He's going to throw a new wrinkle in it. Um, and you got to prepare for what you haven't seen before with those guys. So they make it very, very difficult in the week, week leading up to the game in preparation. You know, a similar situation, another team that beat the Patriots and also beat the Texans, uh, the Ravens, one sloppy uh, on Sunday. But there's a lot of talk about what how you stop Lamar Jackson, whether you go man, whether you try zone, whether you spy him. Now, you're an offensive guy, but if, if a defensive guy called you and said, how do I stop this guy? What? Where would you start? Uh, we we would have to limit them in the run game first, and and the, Lamar's doing a really good job of throwing the ball. But we would we would we bring a little bit of pressure. We double team the tight end who's been doing an excellent job, and then we try and load up the box. So the, we'd start with loading up the box, and then from there we try and bracket the tight end, and then kind of figure it out from there. But I'm going to make Lamar Jackson beat me with throws outside. Um, he's not going to be able to throw between the hashes. Um, that's where I was started as a coordinator. He's then, trying to limit that. Then why aren't teams doing that? I, mean, I think that I'd probably make it sound a lot easier. Than it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to, to both stop the run and then limit the throws um, vertically. Because they do so much in the play-action game that you get focused on stopping the run. Um, then they slip out a tight end, and then you're you're in a bad spot. They do a really good job of running four verticals, so it stretches you guys out um, both vertically and horizontally. And then you still always got to be worried about the element of Lamar Jackson running with football. As a QB coach, what do you think of the sidearm throws? We're seeing a lot of them. Lamar is unbelievable. He zipped one in, and it must have been 90 miles an hour sidearm the other day. Is that something that you want to see, or is that only a few guys can do that? I think... I think everybody needs to have that in their toolbox, but I don't think it should be something that you rely on in situations where it's not necessary. You're going to have to change your arm angles in the pocket, um, but you're just going to lose consistency when you're doing things that aren't um, aren't things that you've done a million times. Like they've thrown the traditional way so many more times than they've thrown sidearm. Right. I would like guys to have that, like practice it, you know, know that they can do it if the time calls for it, um, but don't fall in love with it. It seems like Lamar is really had success with it this year. He's so calm back there, too. That uh, I want to ask you about a couple of college guys. Uh, I know you haven't gotten to work with them or sit down with them recently. Joe Burrow seems like he can do whatever he wants on the college field, but I hear a lot of people worrying that it might not translate to the NFL as easily as you might want from a number one overall pick. Have you got to watch him at all, and do you have any comments on the LSU QB? Yeah, I've watched him a bit, and what he does really well is um, – he, he does a great job of manipulating defenses. He, he works with his eyes and his feet very well as he goes to progression. So that's great. Um, I think the limiting factor with him, he has really good athleticism, but his arm strength is not um, top tier. So you're like, what are we really getting here? What type of quarterback? It's not the guy who's super elite in anything. Um, he's just good at a lot of things. And he's going to have to show some real athleticism. Um, some escapability in the pocket to be very, very successful or get the things out of a, like a number one overall pick, I think, this upcoming uh, draft. I know a guy you have worked with, Jalen Hurts. His passing numbers have declined a little bit, although you saw him be really efficient this weekend. He he was like a hot sort of NFL 
topic a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, but it's cooled a little bit. Uh, I think he's still really, really interesting. What do you? What have you seen from Jalen Hurts lately? Yeah, um, I think that it's it's difficult to keep up. So at the college level, even more so than the NFL, it's very, very difficult to keep up with the progress that you've made in the offseason because you mm. just don't have the time um, to work on the same fundamentals that you did um, during the offseason and then that you do during the week in the NFL. Um, you don't, a coach can't be out there and work with you on those things. So I think that's kind of caused a little bit of the regression, but I, I think he's still playing really well. Um, I think he's put himself to be uh, day two, day three draft pick, and um, people are going to see him just continue to be successful. He's going to keep leading those guys. But he's doing a ton with his legs right now, and I think that's going to continue to intrigue people. Um, if you can do those sort of things with your legs, like he's a 20-carry guy game, um, you're going to put stress on defenses, mm-hmm. NFL or college. So he, he's going to put his team in a position to win at every level. Yeah, I agree. I mean, today's NFL, you see the, the amount of carries. I mean, Lamar is going to set every record. Uh, I forgot to mention this, by the way. Can you guess who your buddy Rick Neuheisel compared LSU's Joe Burrow to? Which NFL quarterback? Oh, man, that is tough. Um, did he compare him to Deshaun? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but he compared it to somebody who was in the building with Deshaun last night. Tom Brady. That is interesting. Um, yeah. I can see that because Tom... Tom doesn't wow you with anything that he does physically. I think that um, Joe Burrow's much more athletic than Tom. Uh, I, I don't think that you can – there's not going to be another quarterback that comes out of the draft um, who moves like Tom Brady did when he came out of college. Like, you just aren't going to see that anymore. If you don't have the ability to extend things and create with your legs, it's going to be tough for you to play in today's NFL. Wow, you don't think that a pocket – I mean, you still got pocket guys who are successful, Drew Brees and Brady. They don't. Oh you know. yeah, those, those guys—they've got a million reps. Um, oh, okay. Doing what they're doing. I'm just saying, you're not going to see that guy coming out of college anymore. Yeah, because they could all move. Even Justin Herbert, if he wants to run, or or Trevor Lawrence, can run very well. So you're right. All right. So what's the rest of your day like, Quincy? It's Monday. Uh, you're in Houston. Are you just going to chill out, or you got a lot of work to do here? Oh, today I'm uh, going to go watch film with Deshaun. Um, talk about the game. Talk about some stuff we can go over, and then uh, head back to Atlanta. Now, wait. Are you go? Do you only do this after a win, or you guys sit down, win or loss? Win, loss, draw, whatever it is, we get together and we go over the tape. Is it miserable when it's a loss? Is it more fun when it's a big win? It's definitely more fun on a big win, but it's never really that bad. It's always like it's never as good as you thought it was the night before, and then it's never as bad as you thought it was when you watch something and it's. It wasn't great. That's awesome. I really enjoyed it last night. I mean, uh, I would. I want to sit in one day when you're actually watching after a win. I want no part of sitting in with a loss <laughs> because Sean seems awfully competitive to me. Uh, but I really appreciate uh, taking a few minutes today. And, uh, yeah, we will definitely talk soon because I think uh, Deshaun Watson and Tom Brady might meet again. What do you think? Uh, I hope so. All right, buddy. <laughs> appreciate uh, it. I will see you soon. <laughs> That was interesting. Uh, Quincy still seems pretty high on Jalen Hurts. Of course, he knows him and works mm-hmm. with him. So that take that with a grain of salt. But I kind of agree. He sort of fits today's NFL. Mm-hmm. You saw, even in the Ravens-Niners game, that I think there were three roughing the passers on Lamar Jackson. So that protection makes a running quarterback a much bigger factor. And you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers, 
he has run as successfully as Lamar Jackson did in college. Very few people could say that. I mean, he's run, he runs crazy. You see some of the numbers he puts up in games, even as he sort of struggled passing. Two weeks ago against TCU, he had 173 rushing yards, 28 carries. The week before that, 114 yards. Uh, against Oklahoma State, they, it was a weird game. I watched some of that. He had only 61 yards rushing, but it was 13 to 16 passing, 160 yards a touchdown. I'm hearing second, third day for Hertz, yeah. but who knows? If Oklahoma gets in, which is a big if, they have to beat Baylor, then they have to fend off Utah. I still think the way the college football committee works, I think Oklahoma's in, and I think that's going to help or at least give an opportunity to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I almost see Jalen Hurts, and follow me here. It's a bit of a theory that I'm working on here. Love it. So, um, I, I kind of see Jalen Hurts as the uh, what the Sean McVay theory. So Lamar, Lamar Jackson kind of opened the way for all these, I guess, Going forward, these right. rushing quarterback, just like Sean McVay opened the way for all these young, young uh, offensive, offensive guys, gurus, right? Yeah. So I think now that Lamar Jackson and everybody sees the success, the success that he's yeah. having, people are going to be a lot more open. Somebody's going to take a shot on Jalen Hurts. So what you're saying is it's a copycat league? Yes. Well, that's I, hardly against the grain, Mario. Everybody says that. I know, but, but I, I agree I, with you. I think that's a great point. I think he'll be starting next year somewhere. At some point. Starting. Well, yeah. yeah, because uh, you know, mobile quarterbacks succeed earlier in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I actually think he's I think he's improved as a passer. Quincy kind of hinted that he's lost some of his mechanics as the season's gone along. I think that he'll be he'll get a lot of coaching. You know, it's a little weird at Oklahoma because the offense so is so wide open. Yeah. Uh I think he's a very interesting prospect. I think he starts as a backup, to be honest. Um but I I like him and he's competitive. And we'll see. If he gets in the final four, his profile could go come up. Okay. Mel Kuyper on November 27th put out his big board. You are going to be shocked. Okay. Shocked. Let's hear it. Number one, obvious. Chase Young, Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, No doubt. Uh, I would take him number one if I were the Bengals over a quarterback. But number two is Joe Burrow, who had another insane statistical game uh, against Texas A&M. Oh my gosh. He's, the dude is good. All right. There's just no way around it. He's a baller. Uh, And he runs a fast 40. He's, uh, Guess who Kuiper compares him to? Not Tom Brady. Tony Romo. Interesting. Yeah, Tony Romo, mobile, accurate. I like it. Yeah. Number three is where it gets interesting. He's a left-handed quarterback out of Alabama. Number three is Tua Tungaviola. So according to Kuiper, he should be able to throw by the spring. So the big issue is not just the hip injury, but the career of injuries. So obviously he's a wild card. Mm -hmm. Ankles. I still think he's amazing. I think he's he's got something that most quarterbacks... He's just got something special that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. And he's got an incredible deep ball, incredibly accurate deep ball, if he could stay healthy. Now, listen, Frank Gore busted both his knees in college. Dude's a Hall of Fame running back, played for two centuries. So it can happen. You look a little dubious. I don't know. I wouldn't go top five with him at this point. After all those injuries... I'd like just would 12. Yeah, I mean... I, outside of the top ten, maybe I'd go with him. Maybe yeah, but, outside the top five, but you can't you can't spend a top, especially if you're one of these teams who are just having a horrid season. And like you know, the Dolphins are relying on this guy. You can set your franchise back another. Take him with your second five pick. years. Take him with the pick you got from Inca Fitzpatrick. Steelers are. 
Steelers are making a little run here. No, I know. So he falls to 17, say. Yeah. 18. Then, yep. So the Dolphins have a lot of draft capital or move around in the first round. Like, you know, the Texans moved up for Deshaun Watson. The mm-hmm. Chiefs moves up for Patrick Mahomes. Those guys weren't right. You know, Patrick Mahomes didn't even get on the field till mm-hmm. week 17 of his rookie season. Yeah. So how about that? Dolphins take him with the mid round, we've solved that. I like that. But you are right. A lot of the quarterback needy teams are higher up. It's also a huge free agent class. Uh, for Ooh, quarterbacks. Um, it could be Cam Teddy. Newton. It could be Andy Dalton. It could be Teddy Bridgewater. It could be Philip Rivers. And it yeah. could be Eli Manning. You know, you're going to have a lot of free agents who could be bridge quarterbacks at least. Don't make that face. Eli, Eli Manning? Manning? Dude's a Hall of Famer. Have some respect. Yeah, he's done. Oh, man. Uh, so, a lot of the quarterback needy teams are too high, but you never know. I, I And Denver Broncos, by the way. Drew Locke won on Sunday, but I don't know if they're convinced he's the guy. So He didn't, I, he didn't like, really have a great... No, I think there are a lot of middle guys. Now, here's, I will do a few more of these because they're just so interesting. Number four, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. If you watch Alabama-Auburn, everybody was scoring, except Jerry Judy was the fourth receiver on that team. He's the one that looks non-existent in that offense right now, at least. All year long, he's been sort of hot and cold, and there you see him on the sidelines sometimes, and he looks a little miserable. He looks like, I am not... Uh, part of this great machine. So against Auburn on Saturday when they scored 45 points, obviously Jalen Waddell was the big star. Three mm-hmm. TDs, a kickoff return. Henry Ruggs had a TD in 99 yards and is blazing. And Devontae Smith, yeah. 80 yards on five catches. Then Jerry Judy only had five catches for 26 yards. So they tried to get him involved. It's interesting. Four serious pros on that. I'm a big Waddle guy. He can't come out now, but yes. they're... I heard a story that Waddle tries to race Henry Ruggs all the time. Henry Ruggs is supposed to be the fastest player in college football right now. Mm-hmm. And Waddle is sneaky fast. Uh, Devontae Smith's crazy fast. And Judy's crazy fast. Four yep. threes all bo- across the board. But number four. Now, Judy was number one on Kuiper's board a few months ago. So we'll see. Uh, keep on going down. Jeff Akuda, Ohio State. Watch Ohio State, Michigan. The whole time my dad's like, wow, the Eagles could use this guy. Corner. Wow, the Eagles could use this guy. <laughs> yeah, six one cornerback. Yeah. Man, the Eagles could have used him on Sunday. Okay, number six, Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. We'll see how he does in the Pac-12 title game. He's been so up and down. NFL teams, from what I've heard, don't care. They like the height. They like the arm. Mm-hmm. They can work with everything else. Uh, we'll, I'll get through 10 here. Isaiah Simmons. Outside linebacker, Clemson. Number eight, Derek Brown. Defensive tackle, Auburn. He's would have gone probably there last year, too. Number nine, Andrew Thomas. Offensive tackle, Georgia. You know how left tackles go. He'll probably go much higher in the draft than number nine. Kuiper's yeah. based on talent. Uh, if he's the top tackle, which I have no reason to doubt. Number 10 is a really polarizing guy. Grant Delpit, safety LSU. Gets a lot of attention because he plays on the number two team in the country. Makes big plays. Uh, he's a big Big kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, question is, is he as good as Jamal Adams at LSU? I don't know about that. Jamal Adams is awesome. Um, uh, a couple more, but they're just too much fun. Yeah, CD yeah. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Any other year, he'd be the top receiver. Yep. Number 12, LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver, Colorado. Colorado. Oh, so good. He has an injury, a bit of an injury history. Uh, right? Yeah, but he's a little slow is what they were, that he's not going to run the 4-5. Um then Henry Ruggs is 13. Because of Marquise Brown having so much success, talking about copycat league, I think Henry Ruggs will be interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, then we got Paulson Adebo, cornerback Stanford. Christian Fulton, cornerback LSU. Andre Swift, running back Georgia. I do not see that happening. As I've watched games where I'm like, wow, that's the top running back in the country. But I think running back's second round this year. I do not think there's a first-round you know, running back. Not one? 
I mean, you got to consider Jonathan Taylor after everything he's done, right? Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Whether okay. it's later or not. I, I mean, know. Christian McCaffrey was, what, number eight, setting all kinds of records and they can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said I get through 10, I'm going to get through 20. CJ Henderson, quarterback, Florida. T. Higgins, wide receiver, Clemson. Another mm-hmm. awesome wide yeah. receiver. Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. AJ Epinesa, the defense editor of Iowa, who's top five in some mocks. Yeah. Uh, let me see if there are any more quarterbacks on here. Okay, you have to get down for the next quarterback. Oh, they doesn't have any more in the top 30. But his next quarterback in his rank as he goes to positions is, what a guess? Love. Jordan Love. Jordan no, Love. Jordan Love is seven. Uh, next is Jacob Eason, who I'm hearing might go back to college, but hopefully he doesn't because I think he's good. Number five, Jake Fromm, another possible go back to college, depending on what he does. Really? I I think he can go back. And yeah, I think think he might want to because he's not put great tape on film this year. Six, KJ Costello, uh, Stanford. Seems like one of those Stanford backups, like mm-hmm. Kevin Hogan. Uh, Jordan Love, is, is, look at his stats. They're terrible. I think he has more interceptions and touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, eight. I expect him to go higher. Anthony Gordon, Washington State, ultimate system quarterback. And then Steven <laughs> Montez, Colorado. They look like they would be competitive this weekend for a moment, but uh, he's just gigantically tall. Interesting. Uh, running backs, they have Kuiper has Swift, one. Taylor, two. J.K. Dobbins, three. J.K. Dobbins made a bit of a statement on Saturday for Ohio State. He was unstoppable. Then you go, I think you have maybe 10 wide receivers who have first-round talent. Now, I don't think they'll go in the first round. You have Judy Lamb, Chenault, Ruggs, Higgins, Devontae Smith, Justin Jefferson out of Alshu is awesome. Mm-hmm. Couple of, they don't even have Jalen Rager from uh, TCU right here. Michael Pittman Jr., USC. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys. Uh, then, you know... But you know how drafts are. It's all going to be about need and tackle and guards. My big question is, when you look at one, two, if the Bengals end up one and say the Giants are two, do the Bengals say, we'll take Joe Burrow and let Chase Young fall? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, will anybody trade up? Anybody that desperately wants one of these quarterbacks? No. Because who's that, Miami? Is Joe Burrow, I love him. Is he worth trading up for? Is he Andrew Luck? Is he... Uh, I don't know who else. You... According to some pundits out there, he is. I mean, according to Rick Rick Neuheisel, as you alluded to earlier, Tom Brady. Tom I know, Brady. but Tom Brady went in the sixth round. That's sort of a like a backhanded draft diss, saying you know he's Tom Brady, meaning he doesn't have any physical talent, which mm-hmm. is funny because he runs like a four seven five forty. Yeah, yeah. So man, it's heating up, dude. I am so excited. I am going to watch next week's college football. Is going to be amazing. Uh, I'm very disappointed that the Eagles are out of the playoff picture for the most part. And I almost don't even want them to be in. You ever been at that point where you don't even want them? Why not? Because they're, because they're five and seven. What do you mean, why not? Because they don't deserve to be there. Just because the Cowboys keep tripping over themselves. The Cowboys just look like the worst team. Awful. Uh, Cole Beasley just tore apart his old team. But five and seven, best case scenario, you're nine and seven. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. So I'm down on the Eagles, back on that Bengals bandwagon, watch them upset some people. Um, real quick, and we'll end on this. If the Ravens are the number one team in the NFL, I'm asking you, Mario, yep. who's number two? It's harder, right? Yeah, it is. The Patriots, I mean, everybody. it was the Patriots and everybody else at the beginning of the season. Now, So is it the Patriots? Patriots? Is it the Chiefs? Is it the 49ers? Is it the Seahawks? Is it the Packers? Is it the Vikings? Maybe the 49ers, I'd say, because they didn't lose. I mean, it was a, like I said earlier, it was a grinded out game. Yeah, but it can they fend off the Seahawks in the West? 
Yeah. I mean, they've shown they can they can play good defense. They can score. We saw it against the Packers a couple weeks ago. And put up points. I like the 49ers. Man, this is a, this is a historic podcast. This is the day. Uh, I don't know, December 2nd, 2019, where Mario came up with the copycat league theory that we've never heard before. Nope. That's it. I'm going to trademark that. Subscribe to the Against the Grain podcast for that kind of wisdom, that kind of insight. Listen, tell your friends. Uh, my brother gave me a full review of the podcast this weekend. What did he say? Uh, he said it's getting better. <laughs> he did? Yes. I was like, dude, you're my brother. <laughs> Give me some love. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was nice. I want to thank our buddy Quincy Avery. And uh, man, this is this is good stuff. Deshaun Watson. We have an in with Deshaun Watson now. Like, we do. We Quincy's make it his there. guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Deshaun was in the background for that interview, which makes me nervous. Uh, so we had to say nice things about him. Yes, uh, yes, Mario? Okay, yeah, continue. Uh, I'll say one thing after. No, please, go ahead. You want to hear really... Completely off sidebar here. Yeah. I made another bet this weekend. Yeah, how'd you do? Um, it was 17 parlay. Mm-hmm. It was due to make $700. <laughs> I already know where this is going. And Stanford fumbles. Oh! On their goal line. Oh. Notre Dame scores a touchdown. We lose $700. Betting is brutal. Yeah, I missed... Uh, okay, I generally... Uh, I bet against results that I want to see sometimes. So mm-hmm. I put a money line. I had a 14 parlay money line on the Jets to beat the Bengals uh. Uh, because I kind of thought the Bengals were not going to get their act together. So, and I hit the other three teams, including the Dolphins. Sorry, Eagles fans. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the Dolphins to cover, not to win. Uh, so yeah, parlays are a brutal dude, but I'm so sorry to hear that. Keep trying. All I mean, right. I hit that one once. Yeah, I don't know. You tell me about it all the time. Uh, That's the Against the Grain podcast. Uh, Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk soon.